Damn, it's nice to be back. It's nice to actually get to look at your face now through a computer screen. And to be honest, the temperature is about the same up here. There's just no beach for me to go to. It is very hot here. <laughs> yeah. And not pleasant in any stretch of the imagination. But hey, in a few months here, when it does get cold and the weather gets stupid, you get to go down to Florida and enjoy that nice beach weather. Yes, and I'm actually going to Florida in December when it's actually rather <laughs> the, nice. The, the right time to go. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, hey, let's get this started. Hello all, this is the Voice of Loveland, the podcast for iloveland.com. I'm your host, the Loveland Tadler, R.D. Kulik, and with me here is a lady that just needs the beach and a nice drink in her hand, preferably preferably with an umbrella in it. That's the greatest other host, Pam Gross. How are you today, Pam? <laughs> I'm good, Ryan. And yes, I do like my drinks. I don't know about the umbrella part, but, but I do like the uh, frosty cold drinks. Yeah, I will, I will tell you when we were down there, the last night we were down there, we went to some beach restaurant to eat. I ordered myself a $16 drink and I got to keep the glass, but it was because it was in this like, you know, beachy looking glass, but it was purple and orange and green. And it was, I mean, it's pretty girly. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's a, it was a, it's a good drink though. All right. It's a very girly <laughs> I, drink. I, I could never get away with going down to Paxton's and ordering that drink or something. It's funny. Well, you know, in my younger years, I used to drink scotch. I love scotch and uh, scotch just doesn't like me very much anymore. <laughs> My husband used to laugh because I was a scotch drinker and not much of an umbrella girl. And so one day he brought me a drink and he brought me my scotch and he put an umbrella in it. (laughs) I just keep thinking of the movie The Jerk. Steve Martin is like, he wants to look like the guy in the magazine and the guy has an umbrella in his drink. So that's maybe that's where I get it from. (laughs) So, Pam, it is now official. It is uh, Labor Day, usually in my business. That's the campaign season, Labor Day till Election Day is usually what we look at as campaign season. So by the time you guys are at probably right around our next podcast, we're going to start seeing yard signs. We're going to start getting mailers. People are going to start knocking on your doors. And Pam, it is going to be a humdinger of a campaign here in Loveland, Ohio. Full disclosure, I told you a couple of weeks ago that if nobody's running for the school board, I'm just going to light into these people and be like, oh, you were all mad at the levy. You all got activated, all this other stuff, and nobody's running. Well, Pam, there's quite a few people running for the uh, the school board. Uh, kind of walk me through who these, what their names are, and who's running where, because there are different seats, so to say, running for the school board. Yeah, actually, if you recall, Ryan, there was when the president of the board, Art Jarvis, stepped down. There was someone who was appointed to the remainder of his term, and his term doesn't expire until 2023. And the man that was appointed to that, his name is Kevin Doherty, and he actually is now officially running for the rest of that term. He is the only person running in that particular um, So he's the race. smartest person he, running. <laughs> yeah, because, because the others, there's actually nine people who are running for three seats. So it's going to be, as you just described, a humdinger, because that's a lot of people. You're going to have, you have three people who are currently on the school board who are running again. They are Michelle Pettit, who I believe has been there. I think this will be what, our third term? She's done two full terms so far. Yeah. And then you have Eileen Washburn, who is also currently on the school board. And then you have Eric, and I'm going to apologize right up front that I probably will not pronounce his name right, but we've got, what is it? Schwetschen... 
Schwetschenau. He is currently, uh, he's serving one of the, the he, he Ned Portune. Ned Portune's seat, yeah. yeah. So those three are running for full terms, and they are currently on the school board. In addition to that, you have newcomers, Colette Boyko, Anna Bunker. You have a Jonathan Eilert, and Elliot Grossman, and Al Jerum, and Elizabeth Mason. So we have quite a field there. Here's a, a few of my quick thoughts on this, Pam. The first one, obviously, there was a lot of uh, displeasure with the leadership in the schools recently. Dr. Krause is no longer there. There's a new superintendent there now. There's uh, going to be a new treasurer here shortly. So the administration, the head of the administration, that's been turned over. The school board itself, though, is still the same people. And when you look at somebody like Dr. Lorenz, who is not on the ballot, but she's been on that school board for decades. Mm -hmm. And you have... She's like the Weisgerber of the school boards. (laughs) Which we will talk (laughs) about that shortly. So she's been there for decades. And then Michelle Pettit, like we said, this is she's running for her third term. This is something that really needs to be known about Michelle Pettit on the school board. She was one of them that voted for that levy that got people really, really upset. She was one of the people that championed that levy that got people really, really upset. She was also one of the people that hired Dr. Amy Krause, too. She has a long record. And if people are really upset with the leadership of the schools, you've got to look at Michelle Pettit's tenure. And then Eileen Washburn, who she's been there for one term. Again, in that term, she was there for the levy and all that other stuff. My point is they have a record. And the two new people, they're post-levy. The ones, and they're, you can make your choice. Well, one of them, he's the only choice, but you can make your choice if you thought, if you think they did a good job. But if you're really, really irritated about the leadership of the schools, three of those seats need to be taken. That means that if you go at the end of the day and say, well, I like Michelle, I like Eileen, and then I'll give this other person a chance, that other person is going to be a lone voice in the woods. And the things we have said about the Loveland City Council since we've been doing this podcast, that's been the problem. It was you had six against Angie Sattel, and now you have six against Tim Butler. It's that one voice. There's not a lot you can do other than just make your voice heard. There's not a lot of structural things you can do. So if there are those of you that are running, we don't know anything about you. Send us your bio. Send us a few of your like platforms. What are you going to talk about? What what do you want to do? Why do you want to be on the school board? And we'll talk about it. Now, I'll let you discuss this more, Pam, but we're not going to endorse anyone. But, no, that is, not what our, yeah. that is not the purpose of our show, and that's not our role. Having said that, though, Ryan, we won't actively tell anyone how and who they should vote for. We will, however, tell you who we think are really crappy candidates oh. <laughs> <laughs> or are terrible council members or are terrible school board members. But yeah. be very clear, we don't endorse anyone. I just want to make it clear for myself, too, is if you're going to come knock on my door and you're going to tell me you want to be on the school board, and I have been displeased with the leadership of the school board myself, so I am a very willing ear to listen to you. And if you tell me your platform is you're never going to propose a levy, I'm not going to take you seriously, and I'm not going to vote for you. And I'm going to tell you why I say that, Pam. That's a lack of understanding how schools are funded in the state of Ohio. And I hope every single person on there understands that. The schools are in financial trouble right now. It's severe. It is very severe. And this school board, I give all my blessings to every single person running because you have a tough job ahead of you. 
but you are going to need the community with you. And you cannot continue to do the same mistakes that have been done during these previous regimes where you basically treat the public as as a problem and not as a partner. I really want to stress that to people because we can really, really do good for our school system. And a, a sick school system, a financially sick school system, is a drain on your community. So people, not just those running, but people out there that are going to be voting in this election, keep that in mind. And just because somebody's your neighbor or you like somebody doesn't mean they're a good leader. Okay? Right. So, And that is important. That, that, I'm glad you said that because you can love your neighbor to death and it doesn't mean that they're going to be a good school board member or a good council member. Yeah. Just my, my one thought in regards to the school board candidates as you said, look, the schools are in dire financial straits. There, there is no ands, ifs, or buts about that. And I think what each candidate, as they are going around and talk to the public and things that they want to accomplish, I think for me, like if you knocked on my door, I would ask you in terms of your messaging, I would ask you, what's your plan? Okay, so we know we're in financial straits. What is your plan to put the school on strong financial footing. I need to know what that is. I need to know what your thoughts are, what your solutions are. And then the second part to that, that I would ask you, what is your plan to engage the community into that conversation and into those solutions? Because that has been what the problem is. That's my piece of advice to the candidates is make sure you have a message in regards to what, you know, you can't just identify the problem. You also have to identify the solution. That's so. a novel concept. Yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> so We're brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Let, let's talk about the, the nexus of problems at Loveland City Council. Oh, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, we prematurely gave a send-off to Vice Mayor, virtual Vice Mayor Rob Weisgerber. But, man, he pulled one on us, Pam, because he went and he got his petition from the Board of Elections and he wasn't going to let us tell him he's not running. Well, he's, he's not, not running. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we need some kind of theme music for that or or some kind of woohoo. Yeah. Rob Weisgerber is not on the ballot. Now <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> So there are 7 declared there yes. are 7 candidates that are going to be on the ballot for 4 seats. Right. There are 3 incumbents, so you have Councilman Neil Ory, Councilman Ted Phelps and Councilman Tim Butler, and then you also have uh Kip Ping, Kim Lukens, and John Hart. These and, are the can and Dave Stanton. Uh, and Dave Stanton, thank you. Right. These were the candidates we thought that would be going forward. I want to before I get into the rest of them, I want to talk a little bit about the enigma the enigma's the wrong word, but the uniqueness of Tim Butler in this upcoming election. He's gonna be running for his first reelection. He's gonna be running for a second term. Tim has def Councilman Butler has definitely separated himself as being that person who's asking some questions and also, just so you guys know, he did vote against the emergency declaration originally for COVID because he felt like, especially at that time, we shouldn't be shutting the public out. We should not be trying to do things in secret. And I don't want to put words in his mouth, but heard something along the lines of that, look, we're not New York City, okay? <laughs> we don't need to be going by the same things. Obviously, he was a lone voice in the woods, and he spent many months trying to get it, the emergency order repealing, finally was successful. 
gosh, what, almost a year later? What's unique about his particular campaign is he ran with this group, won his election, was the highest vote getter of that group. And then now, because of his voice, let's say, Mayor Bailey's upset. Because Mayor Bailey wants no dissension. Mayor Bailey wants no democracy. She wants no discussion. She wants things to be done her way and nobody question it. And the punishment for that is that you will be silenced. And she has successfully silenced him many times in ways that I think are probably outside of her power. I'm sure you would agree with that, Pam. I do. And so you have Councilman Butler, who's now able to run essentially the same campaign he ran four years ago, that this government here is doing the wrong things. They won't, you know, we need transparency or whatever. And you and I have gone over and over that we think he was misguided in a lot of those ideas. But still, he's able to capitalize on that same messaging again for something that's really happening. For, I mean, Mayor Bailey at last night's council meeting, um, candidate Dave Stanton, was speaking on an issue that is very important about a, uh, a zoning thing that might have been done improperly. Mayor Bailey's response to him was she was incredibly rude and said, look, you can only speak on one topic twice in a year, and I let you speak too many times, so you can never speak on this again. Does that sound right, Pam? No, <laughs> and she has no authority to say that. He is a private citizen coming to City Hall, the place where we're supposed to be able to speak to our elected representatives, and we can speak about anything we want. He could talk about UFOs if he wants. He can talk about the color of his socks if he wants. And he can talk about it as many times as he wants to. So, you know, that's the thing is I don't know who Miss Bailey, I don't know who made Miss Bailey the Loveland dictator, Mm -hmm. but she's not. And it's becoming very clear. And I hope that because we have seven people running And it's very clear, obviously, from what we've discussed on the 4th of July and stuff, that she has her four candidates, Neil Ory, Ted Phelps, Kip Bing, and John Hart. Those are the four guys who she's basically said, zip it, don't say anything. You're my guys. You're going to do what I want you to do. And I hope that every voter out there recognizes that and absolutely 100% understands that a vote for those guys is a vote against you and your voice, because they don't care what you have to say. And Miss Bailey doesn't care. You don't matter to her. And you don't, and these people don't matter. You, you don't matter to them. And I hope that everyone can understand that. And I hope they can see that. And it's on display. It was on display last night. Here you have a man who is talking about something that is affecting his neighborhood. And then you sit there and you tell him, oh, well, you've only, you've spoken on it twice. You can't speak anymore. What? What is that? Very authoritarian. What's pathetic about it, though, Pam, is, and Councilman Butler, to his credit, did follow up with some questions, but the the rest of them were deadly silent. Exactly. This is the thing. And and, and you can go back now and you can look at any council meeting anymore. Okay. A packet comes out to, first off, we have seven council members. (laughs) Okay, we're supposed to have seven voices. We're supposed to have seven representatives. A council packet comes out with all kinds of information in it. It's there for every representative to read it and to ask questions about it and to find out information for the public. 
And yet, have you ever noticed that, and we're not just making this up, go back and look at every, you know, uh, packet and look at all the minutes in it. The only one who ever talks is Tim Butler. He's the only one who ever has any questions. And so here's my question, Ryan. Ted Phelps never asked any kind of substantive question. Neil Ori wouldn't even know a substantive question if it even hit him on the head. (laughs) So the point is, is that why do I need them? Why are you running? What have you done? Let's go through Kathy's preferred slate. And it is. This this group just exists, so there's no dissension in City Exactly. Hall. So uh, let's start with Councilman Ted Phelps. He will be running for his third term. He has spent eight years on Loveland City Council. As a matter of fact, Ted Phelps is the remaining member of Loveland City Council that voted to build Loveland Station. Yes. Which he did. He has been there. I, I probably if I took every single comment he has made in the last four years and, and he, that was outside of uh, just like, oh, the city's great. You do a great job. If I took real questions, real substantive, like you said, stuff, and I put those together in a montage, it would be our podcast would be longer than that, Pam. <laughs> yes, it would. be. I mean, that that's what it is. And I found it hilarious in 2017 that. I get a flyer for Ted Phelps, vote for Ted Phelps, and it said he's against authoritarianism. And I'm like, what, do you think Pinochet is sitting here in Loveland and we need to sit here and have an upright? I remember looking at that, but then thinking to myself, first off, I don't know if he knows what that word means because Kathy Bailey is acting like an authoritarian. Yeah. And he just blindly follows her. So it's funny, I guess, in his new literature, he's going to say for authoritarianism. Yeah. Because there, there's nothing you can see that, you're right, what has he done? Councilman Ori, if I put together a list of all of that stuff, it'd be shorter than the songs we play on this podcast, Pam. He has offered nothing of anything. And he goes around telling everybody four years ago that he's going to be the community advocate. He's going to do this. And he has never sat with the community at all. Never. I mean, and you want to talk about He doesn't even answer his emails. Oh, no, no. You're right. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, seriously. You can send him an email. He will not answer you if he doesn't like your question. Or I should take it back. Maybe he doesn't understand the question. (laughs) So my view of those two, yeah, my view of those two is obviously they're good pets for Mayor Bailey (laughs) because they just sit there and quietly do whatever she wants them to do. They have no views of their own, which means they they are incapable of representing the diverse people of Loveland, Ohio. So let's take a look at Kit Payne and John Hart. Now, Kip Ping, I know he ran for school board, I think, like 20 years ago. Every time there's been an opening on council, or I think the last time there's a vacant seat, he has put his name in the ring. So the guy obviously wants to be in some kind of elective office. He is a Republican precinct executive, which we'll get to the folly of that in a moment. Outside of that, he's just another... It's obvious if... We see how Neil Laurie and Ted Phelps are. Kip Payne's just another one of them. He's another pet that's going to do what he's told to do. And then John Hart. Fortunately, in our case, we, we've seen John Hart in action. He is a he is the head of the Comprehensive Master Plan Committee. He's the chairperson of that. And like we talked on our last podcast, Pam, we went to that meeting, and it was 30 minutes of trying to set a meeting, and them saying, oh, we've got renderings of stuff. We've got this. Guys, I'm going to say this again. This is the Comprehensive Master Plan for the entire city of Loveland. And this chairperson, after a year and a half, doesn't even can't even show the public can't even tell the public what's going on. Doesn't know. You know, this is he he's not a chairperson, he's not a leader, he's a puppet. 
He's a puppet put there by Kathy Bailey to, again, look, we have to have this committee so the public feels like they're doing something. But at the end of the day, I'm going to put you there and we're going to do whatever we want. So that's what you just said, Pam. Those four men right there, they represent it's anti-discussion. It's anti-Loveland. As far as I'm concerned, they are there not to represent the people of Loveland. They are there to make sure Kathy Bailey can have a meeting where she never gets questioned. I do want to address something, though, with John Hart, Mm -hmm. because my understanding is John Hart is also a principal. Yeah, he's an assistant principal. Okay, so he's assistant principal. I have an issue with the idea that we would have somebody who directly works for and benefits from the school board who now wants to be on city council. I have a problem with that. Okay. And I'm going to tell you why I have a problem with that. And we'll talk about this more in more detail, but just off the top of my head, this really does, this really should be concerning to voters because the school and the city are two different entities. That means they have two different interests. Sometimes those interests are adversarial interests, because if you think about it, the school is a taker and the city is a giver. So what you're asking... And that's the way with all schools and cities. Yeah, I was going to say, it's it's that way with anything, because... um, Yes, that that's not unique in Loveland. That just is is fact. And that is why I'm troubled by having someone who has a financial, personal interest in the well-being of the school, which is by nature the taker of the taxpayer's money, who now wants to sit on city council, who now is going to make decisions about money, that also comes from the voters. I, I just, I have a huge problem with this and we'll explore it and I can explore it a little bit more and explain it a little bit more, but it's something that people need to start really thinking about this because this is troubling. We should not have someone who has a direct financial interest in the school district who is also sitting on our city council. No, should you, not be. You're right. And it's, Pam, it's not. And, it's, and it's, it has it's, nothing to do with who the person is. Mm-hmm. It is the idea that they shouldn't be there. No, and it's not. Look, it, it's even deeper than that because uh, Mayor Bailey is trying to put John Hart there because he'll never speak or ask any questions. Exactly. So they'll do all this stuff and they'll do it in complete and utter darkness. Yep. That's what you have. You have, and I do know. I've seen, heard rumors, talked with people that candidate Dave Stanton is going to be working with Councilman Tim Butler, Kim Lukens. Don't really know. Again, I invite you guys send a bio. You will talk. We'll we'll tell people what your views are, what your stances are. It is going to be tough at the end of the day that even if Tim Butler and Dave Stanton win. It's better than what we've seen because now it's two independent voices that, you know, you can actually have discussion now and Kathy or Mayor Bailey just can't kill stuff constantly on the make. Oh, well, Mr. Bateman, he's not going to say a word against you. So I'm he's never going to second any motion or Kent Blair. I don't know. He's going to just talk about moon landings and all these things. So we don't even know about that. The thing I want to end on, Pam, is this is the first step. This is we have the candidates now. We know who's going to be asking for your vote. And. I expect to see lots of different signs out there. Like I said, people are going to be knocking on doors. Well, the day we're recording this, this evening at City Hall, which is a public building, a secret meeting is going to take place. The Republican precinct executives, the people that represent the Republican Party here in this area, and there's seven of them in Loveland, they are meeting to hand out 
Republican Party endorsements. Now, two years ago, it was a big deal <laughs> because they had three endorsements to hand out, and they only handed it to, to two people, yet Kathy Bailey, Kip Ping, Ted Phelps, they happily shadow endorsed a Democrat, Kent Blair, who's a Democratic Party precinct executive. And before I go on, I do want to say there's a lot of, not a lot, but there's Democrats here in Loveland that have created this Loveland action team or something. I know they changed their name recently. Where are their candidates? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they're so concerned about what's going on in D.C. or Columbus. They don't care about their own neighborhood. Yeah, I, I don't know why they don't have any candidates. Yeah, because as you said, all seven of these candidates are registered yes. Republicans. So it is presumed that Mayor Bailey, who is one of the precinct executive, Kip Payton, who's another one, uh, Ted Phelps, who's another one, they're going to vote for this preferred slate, the slate of... Themselves. The slate of silence. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the slate uh, of silence. While... Tim Butler, Dave Stanton, and Kim Lukens, who uh, we've looked into all of these people. They all have, for lack of a better word, good Republicans. They vote in primaries. They vote. Uh, they're, they're Republicans. So you're going to have three Republicans left out. And we're going to talk about this another time. It is an absolute and utter joke, this process and the way it's handled around here. But mind you, when they go and they say these are the Republican endorsed candidates, that's not true. These are the candidates that Kathy Bailey wants you to vote for so she doesn't have to take any accountability for anything. That's what these are. And it is a farce what's going on here because at the end of the day, they're not going to go up to you and say they represent Republican beliefs or ideals. All seven of the people running represent that, Pam. Kathy's going to say, no, you come with me. I'm going to give you a path forward. You're going to win, and that's going to give me power. As a matter of fact, I got an excerpt from her speech. I got in my DeLorean and traveled a little bit further ahead and recorded it. And so when they asked, you know, what what do what are we gonna do with this endorsement? Why do we need it? This is what Mayor Bailey said. I'll help you be popular. You'll hang with the right cohorts, you'll be good at sports, know the slang you've got to know. So let's start, cause you've got an awfully long way to go. I did not know Mayor Bailey had a voice as beautiful as Kristen Chenoweth's voice. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you that are like, man, that's another song that slaps. That's from the musical Wicked. Yeah. <laughs> song popular. Yeah, but that's basically it. She's just going to tell them. We're not going to tell them anything we're going to do because we never tell them what we're going to do. We're not going to tell them how voting for us is good for Loveland. We're just going to go out there and say, hey, we're popular people, so vote for us. And you know what happens when you get leadership that doesn't tell you what to, what they're going to do? You get failed leadership, which is what we've had at Loveland City Hall, Pam. Yeah, Ryan, I agree with you. And I think this is funny. As, as someone who has been a registered Republican for a long, long time, I never got the Republican endorsement, by the way. The whole thing is a farce. Because when it comes down to it, what are you, what are you endorsing? Are you endorsing people who espouse Republican principles? Is that what this is? Because if that's the case, then good Lord, Neil Ory and Ted Phelps, neither one of them could possibly get that endorsement. And good knows, goodness knows Kip Ping can't because he endorses a Democrat as a precinct executive. So that in itself is just kind of a joke. If the actual purpose is just to make sure that Miss Bailey keeps her power, well, then that explains the whole Republican endorsement. But you know, I'm one of those people, I don't, I can't speak for anyone else, but I'm one of those people that when I go and I go and vote, I go and vote knowing what it is I'm voting for. 
And the idea that you're going to hand me some stupid pink ticket and tell me who I should be voting for, I don't think so. And this is a classic example of that. And it is kind of funny, too, because Ryan, in all honesty, I don't know why they would be getting the Republican endorsement. And you asked before why there were no Democrats running. I would actually argue that there are. <laughs> because Neil Ory and Ted Phelps and Kip Ping, they've pretty much shown, they pretty much make decisions like Democrats make decisions. So that's me being a partisan. No, right no, now. that's okay. I get it. I get yeah, it. I mean, so. I, I've often said this, that you know Nancy Pelosi rules her caucus with an iron fist and does not take kindly to dissension. Well, so Kathy Bailey's yeah. just Loveland's version of Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. So what's I, I don't I don't really understand the the whole purpose of an endorsement. Not to mention the fact that it's a nonpartisan. Yeah, race. and to just close up that part there, I would yeah. say is if you're like I'm only going to vote Republicans, and they hand you this pink ticket that has four Republican names on it, they're lying to you. Yeah, because those there's actually seven. Yeah, those are not the four Republicans. Those are not candidates. the four Republicans. There's actually seven Republicans. So and if then, they were really going to be true to your pink ticket, then you would have all seven names on there. Neil Ory, who did support a Democrat in the last election, uh, said publicly that it's uh, this is a nonpartisan race. Well, if that's the case, Mr. Ory, if you have any honor whatsoever, I'm not going to hold my breath, but if you have any honor whatsoever, you would turn down the endorsement because this is nonpartisan. But you know, we know, again, these candidates, Kip Ping, uh, John Hart, Neil Ory, Ted Phelps, if they're following their leader, they care only about themselves and not the people of Loveland. And with the school board, with all this stuff, we need leaders that care about Loveland. That's what I'll say. I agree with that. I mean, if you look around right now, the lack of leadership in this community is stunning. And it needs to change. We have a great opportunity to do that. We have seven people running for four seats at city council. We can change this. And you have nine people running for three seats in the school board. You can change that as well. Now is the time. With all that being said, the Voice of Loveland, the podcast for IonLoveland.com is a production of Ion Community. This episode was written, engineered, and mixed by Pam Gross and Ryan Kulik. And father-in-law is by my, the music is by my father-in-law, Sherrod Sate. And something I keep forgetting when you talk, but we like doing this, but it, it's time, it's expense, it's all this other stuff. Please make sure you come and you follow our podcast on iTunes, anywhere like that. Look in the future where we will have ways where you guys can actually help financially support the show so we can continue to bring you this great, great content. So that's what I have to say, Pam. Yes, everyone. We enjoy it, but you also have to understand in order for us to be able to do to do things in an effective way, we need your support to do that. So thanks so much, everyone, for listening. Hope you have a great rest of the week. Everyone, please be informed, be involved, be influential. First, they didn't have the bamboo umbrellas for the wine, and now snails on the food. Two boobs. That's what he takes us for.